like every kind of skillful means or practice that are described in the, the Buddha's teachings and traditions, the practice of inner listening, listening to the inner sound, the sound of silence, this can be beneficial, illuminating, liberating, or can have no impact at all. Depends both upon our disposition, whether we're able to hear that sound or make use of it or it appeals to us. And then the other part is how much effort and application is given to it. Just like with anapanasati or walking meditation, it can be something that is deeply significant, we give a lot of energy and attention to, or we can't relate to it, doesn't have any impact or meaning for us, we leave it aside. In terms of cultivating the practice of the Dhamma, it's important that we get to know our own nature. What are the, the kinds of practice or approaches that appeal to us, that work for us, that make the heart sing? There's no kind of one-size-fits-all. Yeah. Every person will be benefited by or should do this kind of practice or will have this kind of result. We vary, we're different. So it's important that we experiment, explore, get to know how this body, this mind, this character works, these particular configurations of the natural order. Atanyuta is one of the seven qualities of a, a well-rounded person, a sapurisa, knowing your own character knowing your strengths and weaknesses. Though if we find that we can relate to the practice of inner listening, focusing the attention on the inner sound, the sound of silence, it can be greatly beneficial. It supports the quality of citta viveka, the inner seclusion. To cultivate the listening to the, the nada, the inner sound, then it puts into a context the whole experiential field, the external sounds we hear of machines or noises from the building site, my voice speaking at the moment, the murmurs and coughs in the room around us, in this hall, the temple. Behind all of it, there's this continuous silvery presence, this flowing silvery sound there in the background, like a screen against which all of the experiential field is projected. There's the sound of metal on metal clanking in the scaffolding on the building site. 
the sound of my voice, the bleeping of a heavy equipment, engine that's reversing or making its way, but here in the background, the beginningless, endless, silvery sound of silence, the inner sound. If we make the effort to cultivate that, cultivate the listening to that, it sustains a quality of sati sampajanya, intuitive awareness. It helps the mind to notice, oh, this is just hearing, this is just feeling, this is just seeing. We see an object that is disgusting or off-putting. The sound is there in the background. We see an object that is compelling, attractive, exciting. The sound is there in the background. Physical pains in the body, aches and strains. The sound is there in the background. It's the simple neutral feeling of weight of the body on the cushion, the sensation of cloth on our skin, the sound is there in the background. And the more that this inner listening is cultivated, the more it is supporting that simple insight into here is Rupa Vedana Sanya Sankara Vijnana, Form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness. That's all. The five khandas arising, taking shape, dissolving, continually flowing. Never holding still for a, a finger snap. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking. That's all this is. The sixfold sense space, the salayatana in a constant state of flow, a process of integration, disintegration. Now the practice of inner listening, if it's developed, if it's something that we can relate to, it's appealing to us, if we put effort into it, it's extraordinarily effective in sustaining that quality of inner seclusion an inner non-entanglement, jitta-viveka, the seclusion of the heart, the serene heart. Whether a sound is loud and, and off-putting, or it's quiet, and, or harmonious and beautiful, it's a sound. A taste is disgusting, off-putting, delicious, compelling. It's just a taste. The, de the development of the practice of inner listening, it amplifies that just quality. It's just a sound, just a thought, just a memory, just a question, just a problem, just an ache, just an illness, just that. 
I like to think of the inner sound as the, the sound of suchness, ta-ta-ta. It's like this. It's such, it's just this, it's thus. To listen to the inner sound evokes that quality of suchness. Keeping the patterns of sense perception, thought and feeling in a perspective, a realistic perspective. Oh, it's a sound, it's a, it's a perception in itself, but it's qualities of beginninglessness and endlessness. It's nature to be not subject to personal will, that I can't decide to do anything with it. I can't make it louder or softer, I can't make it begin or end. The only decision that can be made is to attend to it or not. But it's present. So it's a perception, but it's in its nature, in its characteristics. It evokes those qualities of Dhamma, apparent here and now. <coughs> Timeless, never beginning, never ending, ever present. Encouraging investigation. The more you listen to it, the easier it is to hear it. The more you listen to it, the brighter the mind becomes, the greater the level of arousal. The quality of alertness, energy, increases. So it's a sense perception, it's a sense object, but its characteristics evoke these qualities of Dhamma. Apparent here and now, timeless, encouraging investigation to be experienced by each wise person for themselves. You can't make somebody else hear it. Only we can hear, attend to this vibration within our own being, within our own heart, our own system. In this quality of suchness, ta-ta-ta, it supports the recognition of the empty nature of the five khandhas. It's just a sound, just a feeling, just material form. It helps to reveal the empty nature of the five khandhas body, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, consciousness. It's a way of saying no to the false solidity, the false independence, the false uniqueness of any particular perception. This person, this building, my memory, my feeling. It enables the heart to see the empty nature, the Sunyata, the emptiness of all of these aspects of body and mind, the material world, 
relationships, social forms, conventions, physical bodies, physical structures, the earth itself, the sky and the stars, the planets. The heart is enabled to appreciate the fundamentally empty, non-substantial nature of those, those perceptions. Forms take shape for a moment. We say, person, building, Friday, retreat, Amravati. But the heart that recognizes emptiness knows that any kind of naming, any kind of measuring, any kind of conceiving can only be a convenient fiction. It's to say temple. Looking at the photographs yesterday of a, when this was a, the monastery Dhamma Hall, the old school gymnasium. And this was in use as our Dhamma Hall and then being deconstructed, the pieces taken apart, the background with a few monks standing around looking at the puddles and the mud where the building was, then the groundbreaking ceremonies and the setting in place of the seam of stones and the rising of the walls and the putting up of the oak frame and then up goes the roof and the tiles and the cloister gets built and boom, temple. It's a slowly flowing river. Slow according to our human perceptions, compared to the, the trees that are growing nearby, then a building like this has raced into existence with startling speed within four or five years. Boom. Taking down the old building, putting up the new one. A finger snap in terms of geological time. And developing this quality of inner listening, it reveals this kind of delusory solid, solidity, the convincing solidity that we so easily believe in. It reveals that, shows it can't be solid, there can't be anything absolutely there. It's just a set of conventions, forms, coming together in this pattern, in this moment. That's all. Just this. There's no thing there. So similarly, with this character, this personality, this body, this life, what we call me, there are certain traits and forms and patterns, a name, a story, a birthday, an age, a gender, a nationality. These similarly are just conventions, patterns that can have no fundamental substance. There's no thing here. Subject and object are completely empty. The forms take shape, dissolve, continually flow in a process of organic patterns of change. That's it.
the practice of inner listening also, along with supporting the saying of no to the five khandhas, it's a saying of yes to the Dhamma, to this fundamental reality, this timeless, non-personal, unlocated presence. Here it is. This is the fundamental nature of what we are. Can't be imagined or formed or described other than this reality is here. The process of knowing, of awareness, is its primary activity. The Buddha arises from the Dhamma. The primary activity of the Dhamma is to know, to be aware. So this practice of inner listening supports that recognition, that affirmation, that genuine taking refuge in Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. This is the refuge, the reality, the ground. Dhamma, the word comes from the root meaning to support or to integrate, to uphold. The Sanskrit root dr, to hold together, to support. It's the integrative principle of the universe. It's unimaginable to our senses, but it's the very fabric of our reality. Oh, the more the heart opens to the quality of suchness, awake to the present, the more it it naturally, unobstructedly embodies its own nature. What we call the practice of insight is simply helping the heart to recognize its own quality. Dhamma, aware of its own nature, The heart is Dhamma, not a person. The citta is Dhamma, it's not a person. So what we call the development of insight is simply helping the Dhamma to know its own nature, be awake to its own nature. Unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, unformed. That's always been the case. The perceptions of birth and death, coming and going, gaining and losing, these are the superficial perceptions that distract the attention, that feed the compulsions of our daily lives. But at the ground, the base, what is real, the fundamental nature of this citta, It's unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, unformed, timeless, boundless, unlocated, non-personal.